have a, we have a million things to talk about and I just don't have I don't have a lot of extra time. So we need to get this we need to get this sweet baby in the can and then we'll see how we're doing on time. But earlier what was going on was um uh I had uh, combed my hair down um to make bags. <laughs> What's that look for, Brian? Uh, Mark Davis, billionaire owner of the Las Vegas Raiders, would be proud. <laughs> and I tell you how he got to be a billionaire, not by wasting money on good haircuts. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Winger cut my hair eight months ago, and uh, I. I, I will not have her on the hook for how it grew grew out. Okay, hang on, hang on. You know what I'd like? I'd like to be able to just have the uh, rumpled uh, insouciance of uh, m half the men in Britain. Uh, so there's there. Gordon Ramsay has a cooking show on Hulu, which is not like when you think of Gordon Ramsay, you think of him like yelling at people in the kitchen and yes i do a, a fireball he this seems is like, like a terrible man this this show was actually really really nice he's at home he cooks with his kids and it's he makes some some cool stuff but he's got like a great head of hair well well i think we just explained what what it is you're doing watching a cooking show You think, I could, you think I could grow my hair out like that, babe? What do you think? Do you think I... <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, you ready? Get it. <laughs> stand, stand by to get some. All right, howdy. Welcome to the Managing Expectations podcast. This is your host. My name is Jeff Winger. And with me as ever is the aide-de-camp, Brian Grimm. Howdy, Brian. Howdy, Jeff. How are you? Just short of fantastic, buddy. Is that redundant? Uh, Howdy, how are you? Uh, um, if... If you want to be a total nerd and and go back to the fact that howdy is, I believe, a contraction for how do ye do? How do ye do? Um, is that the King James. <laughs> it's it's um, so I, I I never heard Gary Cooper say how do you do um so howdy uh i suppose it's probably sufficient uh yeah. for our purposes here but um uh yeah i was just uh, uh inquiring as to your well well-being uh but uh i'm over it now so um uh, i'm glad that we were able to get together I have one more evergreen in the can, but you know, we're, 
we're running on, you know, we don't, we don't have a lot in the bank right now. So it's good to make time when we can. Yep. Um, but I got, you know, I, 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 I got a lot going on. <laughs> I've been just kind of sitting back waiting for you to get in touch to record a podcast. Oh, is that right? Is that yeah. right? Yeah. The lazy river of Brian Grimm. Oh, have you been sitting in your own pee again? That would not classify as a lazy river. <laughs> that would be something else way more disturbing. Splash Mountain? Splash Mountain, yeah. Uh, where would a guy go to find the ride Splash Mountain, Brian? Well, you can either find it, I believe, at the California Adventure in Disneyland in California, or you can find it at the Magic Kingdom at Disney World in Orlando, Florida. And I'll tell you what, Orlando is just a wonderful place in the middle of summer. It's <laughs> funny. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, well, with it, with with the whole world opening up like a like a beautiful flower, uh, and your family having hunkered down uh, for the last. 15 or so months you must be getting excited for your next disney vacation boy i've got an itch that uh only an overpriced uh overpriced vacation with fifteen thousand screaming kids can scratch <laughs> okay um uh any inquiries as to what Brian meant about uh, 15,000 screaming kids being the only thing that can scratch his itch, uh, please uh, direct your inquiries to his attorney. Um, as okay, a- okay. That's, nobody took it like that. Nobody, nobody. Uh, I just want to, dude, I'm looking out for you. I just want to make sure that you can live next to uh, uh, live on the same block as a school for the rest of your life or for why, anybody, why would anybody want to do that yeah I, I don't know i don't know and i'll tell you why i'm late getting on this call is because i just had to go pick something up in um north of me and every road has got a school on it so in the afternoon i mean i might as well be trying to get through downtown chicago because it's like there's like all the the school zones and um it's crazy i was driving through a uh a neighborhood the other day and saw the school zone picture or the school zone signs and and i was you know i was on my way to an appointment and and usually i try to you you know, keep ticket. an eye on my speed you got a ticket no, I, I didn't i didn't get a ticket but uh i was real close because I, I saw him doing his job. Well, he was doing his job, but I, I slowed down just before I came up over the hill. And sure enough, there he was. He had the, the radar gun pointed right at me. Well, you drive an awfully fast car. I mean, the, our listeners should know that you drive an awfully, awfully uh, conspicuous. Um, I mean, your car uh, uh, radiates. It really, it, it, it's just a beacon of success, of accomplishment, of, uh, of speed. 
you know, so. And it also gets me from point A to point B, which is the most important thing. Well, you know, you make it sound like, you know, Magnum's red Ferrari got him from point A to point B. And I think we, you know, so. Okay. Well, just, just, I mean, just for the record, we're you not don't compa- drive a red Ferrari. We're not comparing my car to Magnum PI's red Ferrari. No, you don't drive a red Ferrari. I, <laughs> I don't. I, I grant you. I grant you. Yeah. <laughs> not so. even made in that country. My car. <laughs> okay. Um, would you rather drive? What do you think of the Aston Martin? Well. Uh, the Aston Martin's a pretty sweet looking car. Have you ever known anyone who's owned a British, uh, vehicle? And how did it work? How did it work out for that person? Um, it's, uh, it's a great thing to look at. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I'll, I'll remind you of something that you told me once. Oh, great. Uh, here it comes no, the thing this is that good. I forgot the thing that I forgot that's about to come back in my face now please because it's been a great day I'm, I'm totally up for it she's easy on the eyes but she's wretched and I think that anybody who drives a Land Rover or an Aston Martin probably feels the same way once it crosses 10,000 miles um, okay Blink twice if I said that about your mom. Okay, so it wasn't about your mom. That's good. Uh, do, do I know, do I still know the person that I said this about? Very much. Yes, you do. <laughs> okay, hang on, hang on. <laughs> this makes for the best radio when we start sending notes. Um, uh, when we start sending notes to one another, but here's my guess. Is this my, am I right? (laughs) I'm, I'm on the, I'm on, I'm on Brian's nose. Okay. Very good. Um, Okay. Uh, So uh, I asked about Aston Martins. My friend Bob had an MG in the mid eighties and uh, okay, so we grew up in a southwestern, a southwest suburb of Denver, and I think he had to go to like a far northwestern, uh, like the only place that sold MG parts was northwest of Denver. So for those of you with access to uh, MapQuest, Google Maps, Apple Maps, or some other, or or just a just a roadmap of Denver, just an atlas. Um, I, we're we're talking like Brighton or Commerce City, okay? So, so, like every three days, the starter would go out of this thing. I mean, it was such a cute little car. It was sexy, yeah. and it wasn't girlish like a Miata, okay? Right. Which which would be made uh, when were Miatas? It was a Mazda Miata, right? Mazda Miata, early nineties. Yeah. And that became like the, the car for every young woman who 
Sweet 16. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, it wasn't, was that, was it, but it wasn't like gutless, was it? Or was it, was it like a four cylinder? I think it was a, um, a little four cylinder, but uh, people always talked about how fun they were to drive. I mean, they're real light, you know, had a, a decent engine and uh, they're still making, they're still making them. You can still get. Uh, oh, yeah, the, really? The, yeah. They, they call it the MX-5 technically is what it is, but, but it's, it's a Miata. Is it? Uh, but Miatas were a convertible mm -hmm. and the MX-5 is mm -hmm. not. Oh, it is? Uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, so that's just rebranding. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think they still, they still sell pretty well. It's, it's, it's funny how um, branding works at that level. Uh, do you remember the Cadillac Katera? It was the cat, the caddy that zigs. And, and Katera is marketing speak for Chevy Cavalier. <laughs> did I say that? No, I did. I just said that. Yeah, but you said it in the tone of when you're throwing my words back in my face. Where'd you hear that one? <laughs> okay, okay, I'm sorry. You're able to think up your own stuff. I just didn't know. I mean, I'm a little, I'm a little defensive. I mean, I'm, I'm just waiting to get the, 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 the pumpkin through the back window of my, uh, of the Volvo of my life. Okay. Well, that could never happen more than yeah. once. <laughs> that, yeah, that can never be um, taken out of context either. <laughs> And we are firing on all cylinders. Please explain the pumpkin just so I'm covered. I don't know. I wasn't sure where you're going. Uh, my family had a 1979 Volvo 242, which was... Uh, a boxy, yeah. Well, it was, it was a Volvo from the late '70s, so yeah. it was it was it was boxy, but it was a two door, which they didn't, you know, you don't find many two door Volvos, so it was it was kind of cool. It was a coupe. It was a coupe. It was a coupe. As... <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, it. Uh, I told you, um, I'm, I'm very I'm very insecure about my hair right now. Without you using words that rhyme with coupe. <laughs> so it was that that car was kind of a tank. I mean, it was for being a two door, it, it weighed probably two tons. Um, and it was difficult to steer, uh, but it was a lot of fun to drive. It was a five speed and, you know, had a. One day, so but it was parked outside of my. I of my still remember. I still remember the Auburn interior. The the smell of those cloth, cloth seats. 
the sm- smelling of a of a dusty library and patchouli. <laughs> but that was only after mother borrowed it. Listen, you asked you asked me to bail you out of <laughs> of this thing. I know I can't help myself. <laughs> it's like okay, go on. So it was parked outside of my parents' home, parked on the street. And uh, one day my dad wakes up to, uh, to take the car to work and the back window is smashed. And uh, inside there is a substance that has like exploded on the in- inside of the interior. And uh, he opens up the door and the dash is smashed. The, the front windshield was cracked as well. Um, and uh, what had happened was this, some teenagers, what we guessed, threw a pumpkin through the back windshield and uh, it, it entered the back windshield, uh, went right in between the two front seats, smashed on the dashboard and then hit, ricocheted up and hit the, wind, the front windshield and just exploded into a million pumpkin guts everywhere. Didn't it? Didn't it? Didn't it begin to come through the front window? As I recall, okay, this is my recollection of driving past it. It looked like a, I mean, like this pumpkin must have been fired from a cannon. For one thing, just to, to have achieved the, the velocity to go clear through the back window of the car, maybe it's because a Volvo back windshield of that vintage would have been pretty perpendicular, right? Certainly not as at at the same uh, steep angle that you find back windows today. So it it goes, it was boxy, but it's a great boxy. And, 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 and uh, I told you that I found a picture of me and Julene and these, and, and the girls, um, standing next to my 72 Volvo and man, I wish I had that car. What a great car. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, uh, so it goes through like horizontally with incredible velocity and like, and, and I remember it sticking halfway out the front window with it, but, but that's probably a false memory since you're saying it atomized when it hit the uh, the dashboard. Yep. I, can you just even imagine? I don't even know how that would have been accomplished. I mean, do you think they were like driving at like 70 miles an hour and just like, I don't even know how you throw it. I don't know how you score such, such a precision hit. Yeah. Um, my dad thought that the kids were probably riding in the back of a truck and were just flying up the street and then just at that point you just kind of have to guide it towards the target and let the velocity that you were traveling at carry it through the back windshield <laughs> that's amazing okay and, so anyway oh. and the, the 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 driver's seat went you know down into the right after it was hit down into the right down into the right um sometimes Uh, I, I, I don't, um, um, what did I, um, 
so my buddy my buddy's mg the starter would go out like every three days and he mm-hmm. just had to like get a ride out there and get another one and then he would like spend time and then he would drive it around and he was so happy on um uh you know summer days summer evenings in denver you know in this in this uh spit it it might have been a spitfire is that an mg no that was that's what's that's what won the battle of britain uh so maybe it was a midget or an m are are you telling me he had an aircraft (laughs) a biplane the Jerry's never got over, ne- never, <laughs> never broke the spirit of the the people of Denver on Bob's watch. Mm. Yeah. Nice job, Bob. Yeah. Um, so they say, that, they say that that's the that's the thing with uh, British automobiles is that the engines are usually pretty good. Uh, the build quality of the body and the interiors are, are pretty good, but the electronics are just awful. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll buy it. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I'll believe, I can believe that. And uh, that's why, that's why Range Rovers have such a, a bad reputation is because um, they, you know, they cram all kinds of luxury electronics into them. And. Uh, oh, no kidding. Yeah. I just, in, in a, in a globalized world, I don't know why you just don't hire a bunch of the guys who are good at it like throw a whole bunch of money at some honda guys and have them come over and do it right well i was bending over backwards to not be racist but sure honda guys guys that work for honda i'm saying i mean look the main i mean it seems like our demographic is skewing towards 30 year old women so you know something's going to piss somebody off before long Oh, great. Now we got an explicit rating. Terrific. Like that last comment. (laughs) (laughs) So I asked about Aston Martin because I needed, I just wanted, I I couldn't find any sports on TV. So um, I just wanted something on kind of his background because I've been listening to music all day. Mm Mm-hmm. And I turned on Skyfall. Yes, we're about to talk. We're not going to talk about a lot of James Bond again, but a little James Bond. And um, uh, did you like Skyfall? It was okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's why I kind of like that song. I kind of like the Adele song. Yeah. Pretty bleak. So that's up my alley. Mm -hmm. Um, I think... Um, uh, it's viewed as the best of the Sam Mendes uh, uh, Bond uh, movies. So he did he did uh, Skyfall and Spectre. Didn't he do another one? Yeah, I think he did three. I thought he did three as well. Um, um, I, oh what was so so anyway um so that in in skyfall he brings back the classic aston martin from the 60s right right 
which which must be tough for him because i mean for like the last 30 years the bond movies have been underwritten by typically a german um car maker right he's been in a bmw he's been mm-hmm. in that he's been in an audi although is that swedish no audi no audi's german take it easy Saab and Volvo are the Swedish cars. Yes. Though is isn't Saab owned by GM now? Uh and no, Volvo they is, were... Volvo's owned by a Chinese company. Correct. Uh Sam Indies only did two, uh, Skyfall and Spectre. And I thought that he had done another one. Yeah, I did two. Uh uh, yeah, Saab, I, I think that Saab was owned by GM and then they were spun off. Um, well, yeah, well, then now they're defunct. Really? Yep. Uh, that girl we used to know named Corey, uh, mm-hmm. she drove a Saab for a while and it had like all these, it had like these quirky things like the, uh, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, the key the ignition was in between the two seats, like kind yeah. of down by the emergency brake. You remember that? Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any Land sense. Ro- why, Land why Rovers would you do, do that? that? What? Land Rovers do that too. Do they really? Or at least they used to. Yeah, I, I had a friend that had one and and the ignition was, was in the middle. And then like the window controls were also in that middle console as well. I think Joe's... Um, our old buddy Joe's BMW seven series, his, his window controls were in the middle. Those were the, the buttons, some of the buttons that Rabinowitz was messing with that day. <laughs> Such a great story. The, 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 those sobs from the late mid, mid to late eighties, like the sob 900. Yeah. They were, they were so cool looking. They had so much style. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, so, um, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so so yeah. Aston Martin was was the uh, oh oh oh. No, I, I remember what I was going to say. All right. So so you you talk about Land Rover having a, a bad reputation, but why do you see so many of them then? in these exotic faraway places and you don't necessarily see them in the hands of the rich in those places so the 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 land rovers um have a a diesel engine that the ones that you that you see in the exotic locations that diesel engine um was made that it was easy to work on was bulletproof they they go forever um and they're known for their four-wheel drive, all-wheel drive capabilities. Um, and if, if it breaks down for whatever reason or something gets broken, you can cobble something together and get it back to the shop if you need to or get it back to civilization. Um, but the problem with Land Rovers is that once they started getting um, a more elevated status, then they started adding more electronics to them. And that's when they got the bad reputation. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, there's, there's a guy who's in upstate New York that I follow on Instagram and he takes, 
those old style. And he's an influencer, Jeff, and I am just, his aesthetic is incredible. <laughs> Listen, just keep talking. I, like, I will, I can go, I'll come out of it. I'll come out of it. So, I mean, he, I'm just he, like, did you see that Ariana Grande drove a Land Rover and that's what got oh, you down this uh, rabbit hole? Yes. Okay. Ariana Grande. <laughs> no. So he, he takes these old, old style Land Rovers, imports them, um, cleans up the engine. Sometimes he adds some, like some modern, like he'll add like a bigger turbo to the, to the engine or, or whatever, but he keeps the original, you know, the diesel engine in there. Um, and then he'll like totally update the interior so that they're, you know, they're, they get like quilted leather seats and, um, you know, real high-end paint and they're just, they're, they're beautiful. And, uh, and then he sells them for like $150,000. Okay. That's a lot of money. That's good. Uh, you know what I need? I would really like, I would really like a second chance with a Volkswagen bus. Yeah. Yeah. I told you that uh, the last time we were out in California, we visited one of Sarah's friends and he, um, her husband, Sarah's friend's husband, he has like a classic bus but the one that has the windows all the way around. Yeah, I think that's the micro bus. Uh, it's the ones that just come, you know, that they, they prop open. Yeah. Um, really okay, so cool. Not a camper, but- Not like a camper. An, an old, yeah, the older one with the, yeah, that would be great. I, in fact, I don't even know, did, I must I sold that to Joe, didn't I? Mm -hmm. Did I sell that to Joe? Yep. Man, I wish I had that back. Holy smokes. This would be a perfect place for it. I mean, you don't need, you don't need heat nine months out of the year, 10 months out of the year. But as last winter showed. You, you need it for four days. <laughs> yeah, you pretty bad, pretty badly you'll need it. <laughs> well, we were just talking about that. That was unbelievable. All right. Um, so I had kind of an interesting, so, so, uh, I didn't really want Skyfall on. So then I switched over to another thing, which was Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, which we may have also spoken of previously, uh, written by William Gold, Goldman. Um, that, that movie, okay, so except for the stupid, like late 60s conceit of like the, of inserting a pop song uh, with raindrops keep falling on my head and, and Paul Newman and uh, the, the gorgeous Catherine Ross, um, who I believe has been married to Sam Elliott for like 50 years. Huh? Mm, maybe. Uh, as, far, as far as you know. Um, and uh, uh, sh okay, so first of all, th that movie starts... Uh, and Robert Redford and Paul Newman are such beautiful people. Two, they, they are like two 
stunningly handsome men. It doesn't make me curious, but it makes me impressed that anybody can just, I mean, they're just, I mean, they're two totally different guys, but they're just gorgeous. You can't take your eyes off of them. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, so then there's a scene like when they, when they uh, rob the first train. Okay. Okay. So, you know, then they, they go to, they go to the hole in the wall um, gangs hideout. And that's where the guy challenges uh, uh, Butch, you know, to, you know, guns or knives, Butch. Remember that? <laughs> so there's like all just these fantastic uh, Western vistas, right? With like, you know, uh, you know, distant horizons and and and, and trees and, and and mountains and that you know, canyons and it's just gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's probably a reason why people like places like Colorado. I don't know. Um, and there weren't any, uh, like yuppie scum anywhere in any of these pictures <laughs> of, of, of the wild west. Um, so, so then the other thing was there was a guy, uh, it was, uh, a stunt man, uh, who like jumps onto the back of the train and then he like runs along the top of the train and he's like jumping over from one to the other. And, and it just made me remember. I mean, this is, you know, look, I was a child. I was a child when this movie came out. It's that old. Uh, but I was struck by a time when actual people did like stunts on location. Doesn't that seem amazing? Because we live in such a CGI world. And even though they tell me that Tom Cruise does his own stunts and, and all of that, I don't think it's, I, I don't know. I'm not as impressed by, I, as I am, um, you know, a, a movie studio having guys, uh, having, having stuntmen who, you know, would dress up like cowboys and do amazing things to delight millions of people, you know? Mm-hmm. does that do anything for you well uh, yeah it does i you know obviously the the cgi um has been uh it's bombastic because you know i just watched kong versus godzilla or whatever and and right so it's 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 incredible right it's incredible what they do with computer animation but but you don't for a second think that it's real you don't, you just, you just think this is the total fantasy land. Uh, but when you see practical effects and, and real stuntmen doing stuff, you know, oh, well, that's kind of, that's kind of cool. I, you know, I am impressed with, with Tom Cruise that he does, that he does this stuff. You know, he really hangs off the side of the airplanes and he's like, okay. So that was it. I mean, did you ever like see a, like how, how did they do that? I mean, Tom Cruise is worth like so much money. I can't, I look, honestly, I can't imagine somebody in Delta force hanging off the side of an airplane. I mean, how do you, how do you hang off the side of an airplane? The thing's going like 700 miles an hour. They've got them wired up. I mean, and so, you know, so they, they edit that stuff out, but he's still out there on the side of an airplane. Uh, He was still hanging off of that big tower in Dubai. 
uh, in what was Mission Impossible four or five or which, whichever one it was. I don't know. Um, he broke, like he t- really broke his ankle jumping from one building to another in one of the other movies. The um, one when he was in China on top of that big glass skyscraper. No, it was one. It was more recent than that one. Okay. I don't know. And then, yeah, he jumps from one building to another, smashes into to the side of it because he kind of lands with his foot out a little bit, uh, smashes into the side. He pulls himself up and then limps off, you know, keeps the scene going, but he, he totally destroyed his ankle. Well, you got to respect the man's commitment. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Fine. Uh, respect to Tom Cruise you know, withdrawn. I didn't mean any disrespect to, to Tom Cruise, uh, but that's not how most movies get made. That's right. That's exactly right. That's not how most of them are made. And I don't think any less of Newman and Redford for having somebody else do their stunts. Right. Yeah. They could mess up those beautiful faces. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's just it's it's funny, and and I mean and and uh, Robert Redford and I don't I don't know if you ever saw I mean there was some movie, um, that was uh, directed by Tony Scott, which, who's who was Ridley Scott's brother, um, Spy Something, where Spy Game, with they had Redford and Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, these are like the two most gorgeous guys. They could be father and son. Right. I mean, I mean you almost wonder if, you know, Redford. How'd that happen? How'd Redford, that happen? <laughs> Redford might have been traveling through, you know, the Ozarks at some point because, you know, Brett, Brad Pitt's people are from southern Missouri. Are they really? Yeah. Yeah, he he says he's from Springfield, but I think he's a little south of there. And uh, as a guy who lived in Kansas City, um, that is, uh, you know, and I'm not basing this on the Jason Bateman, uh, Laura Linney Netflix TV show, but I mean, those are, that's. um, Are there a lot of people that look like him in that area, in your experience? Brad Pitt? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, it, it's more like, it's, it's like if, you, if you're too rough for Harlan County, Kentucky, they make you move to Southern Missouri. And West. <laughs> uh, Catherine Ross and Sam Elliott have been married since 1984. Oh, so they've been married 37 years, which is, no, I mean, which is still amazing. Which isn't 50. No, it's interesting because she has been married four times before that. Well, Sam Elliott's a keeper. Am I right? Well, he's got that Coors money. <laughs> uh, that's funny. So I, I wanted to talk about kind of a serious thing um, uh, about something that I read out of the Wall Street Journal over the weekend. And that Wall is- Wall Street? The Wall Street? 
<laughs> you know what? <laughs> yep, there it is. Just the revenge of Marcy. Doesn't, doesn't forget a single darn thing I ever said. I for, you know what's so funny is that I forget things all the time, but there are some things that aren't worth forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> well, your kids don't see they, they your, your kids seem to have a pretty good memory. They do. <laughs> so it just must be like living with uh, two, two <laughs> duplicate versions of Nixon's secret recording tape machine. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, we're talking about CGI. Mm-hmm. And uh, a movie that I know is too rough for you, but it's called Avengers Endgame. Uh, had this just, I mean, it was over the top, but some things were really cool in it, you know. And, but then, so I read an article over the weekend in a, in a um, r- renowned national newspaper about Iron Dome. Do you know what Iron Dome is? It's the uh, Israeli defense system. Anti-missile defense system. Mm -hmm. And you've seen some of the pictures of that? Incredible. It's amazing, right? Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. I think that we live in a time... I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I'm not not promoting any sort of anything. I'm just Mm -hmm. saying. We live in a time of technological wonder... And the pictures that, I mean, and a lot of folks have seen them. I mean, so there's these rockets coming out of Hamas rockets coming out of Gaza at like a 45 degree angle towards whatever targets they're shooting at. And then there are these missiles taking off from the Israeli side, do it, making all sorts of amazing spins and turns as they calculate their and, their target and, as they acquire and, targets and and intercept the missile okay so so this uh this report took place from the coastal city of ashkelon which has been around since bible times and it's like eight minutes from gaza rockets can can reach ashkelon in seconds and they they're knocking down like 90 percent of uh, of those and, and i'm just saying that those pictures those incredible pictures of the 45 degree angle rockets and the and the uh the trail i guess mm-hmm. the jet trail and then the the other missiles uh it's like a, a cl- it's like a cluster that they, they just they like rise up and they like you said they acquire the targets and then they they come up and then they scatter out and it's it's amazing it's it's stunning i mean it's yeah. it well i mean in in the i mean don't don't get me wrong i mean um i don't know i, I look i i don't want to get too i mean I, I'm, I'm still hippie enough that i don't want to like get all uh weird about man's technological weaponry and his uh martial prowess but it's a defensive weapon and technologically it is amazing but those pictures that you see 
I believe them to be true because they're coming to me from unreputable sources, but in an era of CGI, right? Where Tony Stark's armor can do anything, right? Um, I can see why you people don't know what to believe. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, or why they are believing stupid conspiracy like things like i don't know like the vaccine is implanting microchips 5g microchips oh, they're 5g yeah well that may be the only way i'm ever able to afford 5g mm -hmm. yeah okay. and yeah and your insurance will probably cover it so that's great <laughs> I just, I, I just, I, it's almost too, uh, I mean, we've come a long way since the horseless carriage. And uh, that's what they used Rem to call a car in the olden times. Remember in, remember in a desert storm, the, the, the uh, what was it? The, uh, the Iraqi army was shooting Scud missiles into Kuwait. And uh, the United States had the, the Patriot missiles. Yes. And this is what this is 30 years ago. Um, and and I just I remember seeing those reports about how so how can you pick off? Dude, it was almost exactly 30 years ago. Look at your yeah. calendar. It's just it's down there on the bottom of your screen. I don't know if you can see it. Do I click? Do I click it? No, just I look at it. it. No, you okay. can. <laughs> then it does the whole thing. Yeah, actually, that actually. Um, yes, the Gulf War took everybody's breath away, including America's enemies. And as, as you know, I wrote uh, for a small newspaper that had its focus on uh, Asia and the Pacific. And uh, the view for many involved in um, foreign policy was that the Patriot missile system and just the, the way that the Americans mobilized. But it is kind of amazing in retrospect. And I, I'm not, I guess I'm not so familiar with uh, the conflict that I don't, I know why this happened. But, but Saddam Hussein did let the Americans build up. I mean, I mean, it came into Saudi Arabia, they built up in Saudi Arabia, they built uh, up in uh, some other, another Gulf state, uh, Bahrain, Bahrain, maybe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, whenever we guess, whenever we guess about a country or a nation or something, I, I'm always taken back to Bronx beat and uh, Amy Poehler trying to guess Jake Gyllenhaal's nationale is his ancestry. So anyway, um, so so Bahrain, I think, uh, was a staging area for the Americans. But they got like I don't was it like half a million men, which was like as many as the peak in Vietnam. And it mm -hmm. turns out it took a fraction of that. But I mean, there were, I mean, like the Iraqi army, such as it was was the fourth or fifth largest on the planet. I mean, it was mm -hmm. the Americans, there was the Russians, there were the, 
there is the the Chinese, and then I don't know, it's like maybe somebody in Iraq or Iraq. In fact, I, I remember a comedian at this at the time saying, "Yeah, yeah," and I'm the sixth largest army. <laughs> um, uh, but the technological advance. Okay, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing, and you kind of got to be a certain age. The kids aren't going to get this, but at the at, in 1991, when the Americans uh defeated the iraqis in kuwait uh they uh they did so with computers roughly the equivalent of a um a, uh, an intel 286 going on 386 processor now do you, I mean, do you know what that means in like terms of like how many calculations per second it can make or anything? But I mean, it was like it went from the 286 to the 386. Was there a 486 or did it jump to a Pentium? Hey, are you are you holding up a solar powered uh, calculator? I am. That's amazing. Can you imagine? Must be nice. <laughs> Must be nice. This, yeah, this one is nice. I can calculate uh, profit and cost <laughs> and margin. It's it's a nice calculator. But to your point, to your point, this is kind of like what they were guiding missiles into. Uh, yeah, Saddam's backyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and apparently, the the people who paid the most attention were the Chinese. And this was this was uh, from at least one and maybe two books that I reviewed uh, as well as um, uh, a speech that I covered. The Chinese saw that and said, what the, what the, what we got to get it together. And, and that's cool. That's cool. I want, some of those wonderful toys no it was like no that's not cool because they can do that from taiwan right now i mean it was was what the i mean at, at the risk of getting into geopolitics but mm -hmm. i mean uh you know and I, i'd be happy to talk to our listeners about nixon and and kissinger and the shanghai communique i never tire of that sort of historical stuff but uh the, the Chinese were like, if the Americans wanted to do that right now from Taiwan, we couldn't stop them. And they spent 30 years and now the Chinese just dropped like um, uh, a radio controlled car on Mars or something. I mean, they dropped, I mean, apparently the Amer whatever the Americans dropped was a bigger deal, but the very fact that the Chinese could land something on Mars is got a lot of people scratching their heads. And for the Russians, as for as for the record, the Russians, nothing, goose egg on, on Mars. For those of you keeping score at home. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, yeah, they have zero, zero presence on Mars. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, Brunei, has the same number of successful Mars missions as Russia does. How about, how about Burundi? <laughs> same. <laughs>
also the same. same. Yeah. <laughs> so there's like a there's a line in um, uh, there was an interesting uh, it, actually I, I even remember this it's called Swiss Diplomacy. It was an episode of The West Wing uh, where. Um, uh an iranian uh like the like 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 uh i don't know if it was it was if it was the president or the the ayatollah or or whoever in in the you know fictional in the west wing fictional cinematic universe uh needed a had a rare condition and he needed a heart and a heart and lung transplant and there's only two countries that do it the americans and the japanese and the americans are like the iranians hate it or, you know so the so the white house is saying the people governing iran hate us they and so we're not going to do it have the japanese do it and they say well there's only one problem <laughs> there's only one problem no one's ever survived the japanese the japanese so, so yes they can do it just nobody lives so, so they keep talking about it and, and like at, at one point it's like it's like well are you sure the japanese can't get it done because sooner or later they're bound to they're bound to find the fairway right it's like, no, they don't do it. We're the only ones who can do it. It's like, all right. So anyway, this is how it is with the Russians in, uh, in Mars. Um, <laughs> That's what, I, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> okay, so anyway, so, 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 now, so now we live in a world where, um, so apparently, so according to this article, it was uh, Iron Dome was uh, a collaboration between Israeli scientists and Raytheon, which is an American company. Apparently, the Israelis have it. Apparently, the Amer well, obviously, the Israelis have it. Um, uh, apparently, the Americans have it too. They just haven't had to deploy it. Um, yeah, they don't. They don't. Yeah, they don't have a cool name for it yet um yeah i don't know yeah I, you know you wonder what would happen if i don't know uh narcos on you know south of the border started shooting rockets into mcallen texas or brownsville or marfa yeah i think i think marfa comes with its own iron dome you know <laughs> that's so funny you should you should i, I I have no desire to see Marfa. What, what's the name of the place in um, New Mexico where they say there's uh, space aliens? Uh, Area Fifty One. Yeah, but there's a city. There's like a there's like a city. Oh, um, is that ringing a bell? There's like a yeah. There, yeah. Well, anyway, it, it's it's somewhere near where um, Studio Fifty One is. So, uh, anyway, uh, the Big Bend National Park is is down there. 
Yeah, what? it's, it's Ros- Roswell. Roswell. Roswell, of course. It's it's been the subject of many uh, uh, pop culture, TV shows, whatnot, whatnot, what have you. Uh, Big Ben National Park seems super cool, but you know, um, I had people talking about Lake Powell the other day, mm. um, and uh, I remember when I was a kid like bill and larry and mac Mm -hmm. they would like get the families together and go to lake powell did you ever go to lake powell never been never been wouldn't that be awesome i'd love to go get a houseboat get a couple jet skis and go tour the canyons and man it'd be awesome right i mean that yeah drink drink a Lacroix or 50 (laughs) make the women look one direction while i peed off the side of the boat um yeah it's it's funny also going back to the west wing there's a there's a scene where uh bartlett pours himself a drink something brown and classy and uh his chief of staff is a recovering alcoholic so he doesn't he doesn't drink and he um he pours uh, some mineral water and uh, the two of them like lean against the desk and and uh, the president takes a, a a sip of his uh brown liquor and uh McGar- leo mcgarry the chief of staff drinks some of the mineral water and he go- and he looks up and he goes that tastes like nothing nothing at all it has absolutely <laughs> no properties whatsoever <laughs> And yeah, that's where, you know, this is where he went wrong. He should have had a, a lime wedge. Yep. Yeah. But anyway. Um, so, so I always wanted to go to Lake Powell, but that was like what the next level yeah. folks did. It's Wagoneer class, really. Oh, Grand Wagoneer class. Mm-hmm. Grand Wagoneer class. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, I, I see the people are like buying re- and restoring. I mean, it's yep. like a, a classic car. Those things got like 10 miles to the gallon in 1985. Yep. I, I can't think that they've become more efficient. Nope. I can't even, in my life, I've never, I've never had a vehicle that got such poor gas mileage. When you were driving a truck, did you get that little gas mileage? Uh, the Nissan Titan probably got right around. You 12. had a Nissan Titan? It was a company, company truck must be nice i've never i never i never had a company vehicle company give me a nissan the nissan titan was nice it was fast i mean it had a huge v8 engine and uh it was good truck have i told the story have i told the story about you remember sonia Mm -hmm. so sonia's french she was an au pair and we made became friends with her in Denver and many years go by 25 years go by. And she's got a niece who wants to come to America and visit. Did I tell you this story? This is sounding familiar. Um, and my uh, country friend, Steve visits with his Toyota Tundra. And like, we go out to eat and I don't know. And uh, so, she, so she's a young French girl and there, and there were some hijinks uh where i had to i had to make it you know clear 
that um, you know we would just you know want to take precautions because I'm not a guy who bangs the nanny. Um, uh, it's I'm like, look, it's it's just it's it's just me. It's not you. Uh, it's not that I you know it's just it's just it's not that I wouldn't bang the nanny, but it's just not who I am. I'm 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 not here. You know, I'm not about bagging the nanny. Okay, good. So, so uh, it's me, Mrs. Winger, uh, Jennifer, and my country friend, Steve. And uh, uh, we're at a stoplight and somebody in like a Scion, what's the boxy one? Is it an XB? It's the XB. Yep. Yeah, B yeah. stands for box. Oh, that's a good way to remember it. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. So this this like little car gets up next to us and starts revving his engine. Right? Like, <laughs> you know, and it was it it was it was part of Kansas City and it was that time, you know, where they're like a bunch of old hippies on the on the corner with signs no blood for oil so i mean there could have been like some of that going on i don't really know or maybe he was just horsing around or whatever <clears throat> I yeah don't really... the, the, tip, the typical xb owner like when they came out was <clears throat> some teenage kid that uh wanted to race around with that, that the, the, the thing with the Scions is that they had a, a real small engine. It was a four-cylinder engine, but they were very easy to work on, very easy to modify. That way you could take 150 horsepower and you could get it to 300 pretty easily. Oh, no kidding. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so this guy's like revving his engine and Steve just looks at him and then like the light turns green and the Scion just like just like floors it and just tears across the intersection at which point Steve dropped the hammer and we <laughs> we went from like zero to 60 and I don't know four seconds or something anyway here's the thing this is why it was so cool the French girl is like <laughs> oh cool I very much like to be going fast <laughs> Do it again, please. <laughs> so, so you know, you think like you know, you think the French hate everything about America, but she just she loved big trucks, she loved fast cars, she liked the wide open spaces. So, there's a ton of you, and and, and then Larry Eggleston who, who set me up with uh, when we were in uh, Germany the first time, uh, put me in contact with a friend he had made, uh, Bavarian Bob. That's what people called him, Bavarian Bob. And uh, he hated Germany. He's like, you can't go five kilometers, that's, which is about two and a half miles. You can't go five kilometers in any direction without being in another village. And he was like talking to me about Greece, which is where he met Larry. He's like, he's like, oh, it was fantastic. And he hated how green Germany was. Like everything was green all over the place. There's forests and stuff. And he says, in, in, he says, uh hey let me get, get my accent right because <laughs> i just i was just doing french i gotta like you know kind of it's, it's it's there's a big difference you got to transition yeah uh uh I, I won't do the accent 
but he's saying uh, in Greece, it was great. It's so dry. It was dusty. You just kick the earth and, and the dust just like falls and stuff. I'm like, Man, you'd love Colorado. You'd love and Wyoming. <laughs> love, love uh, 60% of Texas. Yeah. Tell you that. So Montana. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got lots of dry stuff. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, so many people. So anyway, and, and he loved the wide open spaces. So, so, uh, uh, you know, there are no doubt generalities, but there's a lot of people who dig America, but I don't know. I think there's, that, that could be ending because America's been behaving badly for a while and, uh, that's, uh, very disappointing, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Try to act right. So, um, I had just a couple of other things, um, after Iron Dome and CGI world. So do you know the show line of duty line of duty? It's out of England. Or- yeah, dude, like, like on episode four, I told you about it and you were like, that sounds lame. It is. It's not, but I've been okay. All right. How far have you watched? You've watched them all. If you brought it up in season four. So, so Mrs. Winger started watching it. Uh, she watched see, uh, 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 season one and uh, she's like, well, do you want to go back? I'm like, hon, I, I, I'm pretty confident that I can rock and roll and you know, just kind of keep up. So we, I, I started watching it with uh, season two. And we just started season five. And then um, I think season six has got the hot chick from um, Solaris and Ronan. Kelly McDonald, is that her name? Yeah. Kelly McDonald. I think she was in Boardwalk Empire, but I never, I don't have a working familiarity with Boardwalk Empire. Oh, also uh, Mrs. Uh, Sarah's uh, doppelganger. Uh, Gretchen Mall was in uh, Boardwalk Empire. Um, I think Kelly Mc. No, never mind. I'm thinking of somebody else. It is Kelly. I mean, I I, I don't. I think I got it right. Anyway, anyway, uh, I find it watchable, but not good. And and because it seems to be from it's like Northern Ireland. Um, uh, It's like foreign, but not really. So it's like, even like, it's like a little more exotic than um, uh, like London shows. And Mm -hmm. I think, I think for me, prime suspect and Luther are at the top of that. I thought I thought the Benedict uh, Cumberbatch, uh, Martin Freeman, <laughs> and, and Morgan Freeman, uh, Sherlock was great, but that was different. I mean, that was that was a little cartoony and winky winky, wasn't it? Why are you laughing? I like my British shows that are like UK, but not like too UK. You know what I mean? I'm just saying I like him a little more western you know 
okay. know, ex- right. like from exotic places like, I don't know, Northern Ireland. <laughs> okay, first of all, Northern Ireland is an incredibly interesting place. Right. It, yes. In the same way that St. Louis and Chicago are. They're incredibly criminal, cr- criminally run and corrupt. And I mean, it's, it's an interesting place. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I've, I've now watched two, three, four. I, I've watched three and a half seasons of this show. Nobody's talked about the troubles. Nobody's talked anything about Catholic and Protestant. And I just got to assume it comes up once in a while. Okay. Uh, no, no, you don't think all, the, all those people have totally moved past all that stuff. They're, they're over it. <laughs> yeah. They just, they just, no, they signed a peace accord. What, what do you think? What do yeah. you think? Yeah. Yeah. Just like, you know, there's just like most people, they get over serious things like that pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they come to an understanding. Okay. You know, full well that there are people in South Central Asia who are still pissed at the Greeks because Alexander came through and kicked tail 2,500 years ago. That makes, that makes a Packer fan look reasonable. Wasn't, wasn't there a thing between the, the Turks and the... Uh... Yeah, too soon. Stop now. You're about to say... You're about... <laughs> what? Zip, zip. Isn't that a recent thing? If a problem comes along, you must zip it. Okay. It, that's I, the only reason why I bring that up is because I started reading uh, Bluebeard from Kurt Vonnegut. Which that also one re- day, which one day we will we'll review. Yeah, yes, but because but he also references that thing that I'm not supposed to talk about. Okay, well, it's fine if you're doing it in the terms of Vonnegut, who was a great humanist and humanitarian. Um, his hero in Bluebeard, Bluebeard, uh, Rabo Karabekian, was Armenian. And so mm-hmm. he grew up with this history. What, what history? Uh, a history about, uh, actually, actually, um, what did I, I, I read something or heard, oh, you know what? Um, the the Jocko Willink unraveling podcast is so great. It is so great. Like, okay, and and, and Jocko Willink doesn't need any help from me, but um, and, and and in fact, his like his five hour long interviews with just former military uh, that 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 can be a slog, and it's hard to fit in. But um, he does uh, a series called The Unraveling with a guy named Daryl Cooper, who's some sort of historian. Uh, It's certainly very well researched. And Daryl Cooper does most of the heavy lifting. And um, they just looked at the Turkish attempted genocide against the Armenians. Um, Well, I mean, I mean, they had genocidal intent they just they just didn't they couldn't swing it what what am i doing what am i doing wrong nothing okay so anyway the, i mean but the the unraveling is uh totally worth it so anyway um 
uh, <laughs> uh, what, uh, what, what was I saying before we got before you uh, started talking about the Ottoman Empire? <laughs> before Bluebeard, come on! Oh, come on. oh, Northern Ireland. So Northern right. Ireland is a fascinating place. Tons of Northern Irelanders, Northern Northern <laughs> Brits went over there. Uh, and fought, and there's still people who would like a united I- Irish island. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, they would like, you know, and I mean, you know, it's Belfast is by all accounts a tough place. Yep. Van Mo- Van Morrison is from Belfast, and um, what's amazing, Van Morrison will like do like classic rock stuff. He will, he he has. Uh, you know great songs like domino and caravan uh but then he also does like he has tons of this like hippie trippy into the mystic kind of songs um but if you ever hear an interview with van morrison first of all he sounds like a dock worker he sounds like a longshoreman uh and and even though he's like five feet two and 75 years old he will take it outside right now. He is mm-hmm. pugnacious. I'm not saying that all everybody in Northern Ireland is looking for a fight. I'm just saying Van Morrison is, or or if he's not looking for one, he ain't scared of it. Yeah. Um, so um, it, it's a fascinating place that it seems to me for um, uh the purposes of commercial television, they, they, they dial way back they dial it way down. Furthermore, it's part, it's part of a fictional, um, it's part of a fictional crime unit. And half the time, I don't know if I'm essentially watching the cousins version of CSI Miami, which I guess would be CSI Belfast, which is like, less cool stuff and less hot people go go on i think that we watched um line of duty after we had been searching for something good to watch for a while and and so it's acceptable family it's well i think i'd let my kids watch it before i let them watch i don't know law and order SVU, certainly SVU. Yeah. 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 Um, and so I, there's some plot holes that are kind of like, meh, that seems yes. strange. No, yeah. it's, t- oh, dude, there's tons of red herrings in this thing. All right. Th- these are my notes. I'm just, let me, let me, let me throw my notes at you. Okay. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. All right. You're on. You're on like Donkey Kong. In the meantime, I'm going to go back and re listen to episode four. Also, we don't even have time, apparently to talk about i i I remember specifically saying he talks about nick and bent coppers and and i thought that that's this is kind of cool that's funny yeah actually yeah um mrs winger and i have been uh joking a lot about bent coppers um uh we did get um we did hear from listener lauren again 
Um, it took me a while to get to it because he didn't preface it in the preferred way of very angry. <laughs> but he, but uh, you and I were speaking recently of Sam Rockwell, who mm -hmm. uh, had a role in Galaxy Quest and who uh, was in um, lots of stuff. And I said, it's who you get when you can't get um, Edward Norton. Uh, Lauren says, listen, I don't think anyone who has seen him as Zaphod Beeblebrox in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy would dare say Sam Rockwell can't do silly. I don't even know if that sentence was in English. I don't even know what that is. Uh, uh, he also said, he also added regarding Jake G. He does a great song and dance-ish number at the end of Mulaney's, of Mulaney's Kids Variety Hour thingy on Netflix. Okay. John Mul... <laughs> it's listener feedback. What do you want me to do? Thank you, Lauren. Appreciate <laughs> your input. Okay. I want to, uh, uh, before we, before we close, um, there's just less to pitch all the time, but I couldn't help but notice that, uh, our good friend, Chris Levine continues to, um, uh, 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 talk, speak well of us, uh, here, uh, at, um, uh, managing expectations on his podcast, which is, garnering listeners from around the globe uh he's got a new one out about depression and he goes to great pains to tell you that um uh you're good and unique and life is worth living uh i have my problems with his entire rationale so i'd like to have him on and uh, talk to him about it but uh um he does a shout out to us and so i i don't see any reason to uh and not return the favor. So um, on Spotify and other... Uh, Highbrow. Highbrow is what you referred to his uh, platforms last time. I don't think I did. Because uh, it, it's stuff that you've ne I've never heard of. The only one I've heard of is Anchor, which I wanted to go with, and you went with Podbean. Yeah. Yeah. I Listen, I know the guys at Anchor. I don't like them. What's Podbean done for us? Uh, well, did you see that we we've, we've had uh, a thousand downloads? Did you see that email? I did. I did not. Did you forward it to me? No. And or no. did Pod or or did Podbean send it? I guess yeah. those are my two main questions. <laughs> to answer your second question, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, it's called uh, uh, Levine's Podcast, uh, which... The Refresher. Ref refresher, refresher Therapy. Yeah. Refresher Therapy. I, I, you know, look, Chris Levine gets me there. Uh, so um, the Refresher Podcast. The pop, refresh, it's called Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. And... Uh, he sent um, he sent the new one on depression. Have you listened to it? 
I haven't yet. I, I saw the the notification, but I haven't listened to it yet. Yeah, he said he says it may be his most personal uh, comment yet. And he makes it clear that he's not a doctor yeah. and that, you know, you shouldn't hesitate to see somebody. But, you know, you got to talk about this stuff. You got to you got to work it through. He's a guy who talks about what works for him. And uh... well, and what works for a lot of people who can be bothered to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So. So uh, well done, Chris Levine. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, we have much more to discuss, Brian, but not now, not here, not now. Yep. So um, thank you for making time for me. Uh, love to uh, the wife and kids. Um, oh yeah, and I wanted to talk about your kids. Uh, who, turned like, seven, who, who turned 17 this week? So, so just about married off, I, I'm supposing. No, they're, they're a little ways from that, but well, says the says the homeschool dad. <laughs> I mean, just because I was, you know, in a serious relationship at that age doesn't mean that they will be. <laughs> Your daughter is practically an old maid in the in homeschool circles. They're gonna start. <laughs> they're gonna start calling producer Jack English. <laughs> it seems funny to me. Okay, hey. uh, uh, talk to you soon. Yeah, very good. Okay, great to be Look, great to be with you and uh, enjoyed it today. It listeners, nice. it's nice talking to you right now. Yes, it is. Yeah. Amen. Amen yeah. to that. Oh, you cannot go. Two and a half kilometers in any direction in Germany without going into another village. Thank you for listening to the Managing Expectations podcast. This has been your host, Jeff Winger, saying Auf Wiedersehen on behalf of mein Freund und Bruder und Wilter, Brian Grimm. Winger out.